0: I thought that it would be best to begin this sermon with Calvin. Calvin was sitting pensively over his journal, pencil in hand. Now you know who I'm talking about, right? Calvin, the uh, one of the great thinkers and philosophers of all time. Carries around a little stuffed tiger named Hobbes. Um, cartoon strip, Calvin. So Calvin is uh, writing in his journal and he writes, uh, Call me Calvin. And he looks up thoughtfully, back down. Make that Calvin, boy genius, hope of mankind. Or Dr. Destiny for short. And Calvin looks up delightedly and says, uh, my journal is off to a good start. Well, I begin with this simply to say that how we view ourselves shapes how we view the world around us you probably know people like little Calvin uh, that you think probably have too high a view of themselves. And you may also know some people who hold too low a view of themselves. We're all pretty sure that the view we have of ourselves is exactly the right view. But in our passage from Galatians, St. Paul concisely summarizes the true view, the biblical view, view about each of us. Paul writes that before faith came we were held captive under the law. Imprisoned until faith would be revealed. But now, writes Paul, faith has come. We are no longer under a custodian and in Christ Jesus we are sons of God through faith. And the truth is about everyone everywhere in every time is also the truth about you and me and that is that where there is an absence of faith in Jesus Christ there is spiritual captivity and imprisonment under the law that's very out of fashion it's very unpc to state that we're not free persons in, a, in an earthly sense we we might be free free to choose a career uh, free to aim for a certain lifestyle uh, free to be you and me but within our so-called free will the honest among us will admit that we are bound persons we are bound to our compulsions we can't stop worrying or we can't stop drinking. Or we can't stop perfecting. Or we can't stop thinking about what others will think about us. Or being argumentative. Or criticizing. Or achieving. Or whatever it is that we have to have or that we have to do. And we may even find that what we thought was a free choice was actually the outworkings of our compulsions. Now it would, it would be okay if we were allowed the worry if we're allowed to drink to escape or to argue incessantly or to make idols out of our out of our own achievement but the bible says not to do those things and it says so out of care for us prescribes for us the best life for us it's a life that reflects the, the character and trust, the nature of God. It's the law of God. And it is good. But would you agree that just because the law tells us not to do those things, it doesn't make us want to not do them. Or it doesn't make us not want to do them. And lots of times, telling us not to do those things doesn't make us not do them. And so we can call ourselves free. And even we can call ourselves free compulsively. But we're not. Not really. And that's the truth about us before Christ. But now... Writes Paul, And incidentally, whenever you see in Paul's writings those two little words together, but now, listen up. Something big is happening. And Paul writes, but now, faith has come. In other words, the Old Testament law has done its job. And it's revealed to us, not simply that we're not good enough, but that despite our best efforts, we're not free enough. And in fact, outside of Christ, the only means that we have to try to gain that freedom that we long for is through moral law. And that creates more stress. And the cycle continues. Early on in our marriage, when Amy and I would get into a little squabble, we would talk it through and we'd come away with an action plan. Uh, This is what we were going to do in, uh, in order to avoid getting in another squabble. And inevitably, within a few days, we would find ourselves back in the same conflict, except now, in addition to the conflict, we're accusing each other of breaking the action plan. So the action plan was this sort of mutually agreed-upon law that was supposed to create freedom from the conflict, but it actually only added to it. Now we have children, so we don't have any conflict. Um, (laughs) But the law can't create the thing that it describes. Let me give you another example. Coexist. You've seen those really cool hip blue and white bumper stickers. They say coexist. They use the symbols from various lines of thought, philosophies, and religions to, to form the letters. And on the surface, coexist seems to offer an environment of mutual respect and love where everyone's free to make their own choice and we're all going to get along. Because we long for freedom and a community of mutual love and respect. In fact, we were created for it. But without Christ, the only tool that we have to create what we long for is more law. And so we put up this structure, coexist. But what actually is below the surface is a desire to create a boundary in order to avoid judgment. Because if we coexist, and I state my willingness not to judge others, then others lose their right to judge me. And coexist ends up meaning, leave me alone. And it actually leads to the very opposite place that it promises. Uh, it leads to isolation. Isolation a lack of engagement, and an absence of love. There are a lot of marriages that coexist. It looks fine on the outside, but on the inside there's no love, there's no engagement, and they sleep in separate bedrooms. Coexist. Not the same as love. It creates the opposite of what it wants, because law cannot create the thing that it describes. It imprisons us. But now, but now, faith has come. And that is trusting in the person and work of Jesus Christ, that His work on the cross has accomplished for us what we could not. We are adopted into the freedom and the relationship with God as His children. And if you're like me, we... You hear that phrase, that we're God's children. We hear it so much, it loses uh, its power. But it should completely blow our minds, just the thought that we are children of God Almighty. That we are the princes and princesses of the King of Kings. And the fact that we are children of God changes everything. It moves the relationship with God from a business relationship to a family relationship. You see, the business relationship, that's the law relationship, That's a, we're contractually obligated. We do our part and then God does His part. You do what you're supposed to do and then God will provide what He has promised. And if you fail to do what you're supposed to do, then God will withhold what He has promised. That's the law. And that's the way most people approach God. In fact, that's the way every religion other than Christianity approaches God. And in fact, some Christians approach God that way. But that's not the family way. That's not the way of the child of God. In a family relationship, everyone's at the table. You come together on Thanksgiving, you have one child who's a a CEO and one child who's a drunk, but everybody's at the table. It doesn't mean you'll have tension to work out. But he's not the lofty CEO, he's just Jim. He's not the man to be pitied, he's Bob, he's my brother. Everybody's at the table. The family relationship changes everything. The other night, my son Thomas came in the bedroom, and right in the dead middle of the night, I was like in stage four sleep. I was just. And he said he had uh, had bad dreams, and would I come and lay with him so he could go back to sleep? Now, you and I have, might have a good relationship, but you can't ask that of me. You can't come into my bedroom in the middle of the night and ask me to go lay down with you because you've had bad dreams. There's there's a limit to what you and I can ask of each other. But my son, well, there's no limit to what he can ask. He has full, complete access. And I'm not the priest. I'm his dad. Now, I may not give him everything he asked for. I did go lay down with him that night. I may not give him everything he asked for because I love him. But he's my son he has unlimited access to his father do you want freedom do you want the community of enviro- environment of love and respect you want an action plan that expects conflict but actually points to grace and forgiveness rather than more unmet expectations in christ alone in christ alone my hope is found And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. Only in Christ can we obtain what the law describes. And not just the law of God, but any law that we impose on ourselves. It's only in Christ that we can actually attain what coexist wants. Only as a child of God. In Christ alone. And that's the truth about you and about me. And it's how we should view ourselves. What would your life look like? How would it be different if you viewed yourself as a child of God, as the King of Kings? If that governed how you made decisions and how you approach your life. If you're writing in your journal like little Calvin, can you say, call me child of God? Because the God of the universe is By faith in Christ alone, truly your Father. Amen.